0: Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Revelations, chapter 12. That's where we're going to start. In Jesus' name, if you'll notice, the word ghost has been taken out, and the word war has replaced it. I did four weeks on the Holy Spirit, and the title was Ghost Stories, Not So Spooky Stories About the Holy Spirit. And for four weeks, I'm gonna do war stories, not so scary stories about spiritual warfare. And they tie in because the first four were about the reality of who the Holy Spirit is, not what, but who the Holy Spirit is, the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we, we went over all the aspects of it and last week ended in the, the, the Holy Spirit in you and filling you over and above the brim, even with evidence of speaking in tongues. And we we gave you information, a handout, and if someone would like that handout, by the way, I think we have some extra copies. I would like to just segue directly into spiritual warfare, because spiritual warfare is directly connected with the Holy Spirit. There's, There's a direct link between the Holy Spirit, and the war that is going on constantly in in, in all of our lives. So let's start in prayer. Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we thank you for this time. We give you glory and honor. I step aside. It's all yours, Lord. Each heart, each mind, each person, Lord, changed by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, 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 amen. Uh, There's a man named David Ireland who wrote a book called The Journey to the Mountain of God. And in that book, he writes this, and I quote... When I became a Christian, I had never before heard the term spiritual warfare. I thought that praying the sinner's prayer assured me of heaven and a problem-free life on earth. (laughs) You've been there. I can hear you chuckling. I hear you chuckling. I did too when I read this. I soon found out that a dreaded enemy of God and of God's people existed named Satan. He does not want God's purpose to be satisfied in my life or yours Peter told the Jewish-Christian community, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for whomever or someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. Of course, he's quoting 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9 here. Now, church, please listen to me carefully. That one of the basic tenets or the basic facts about this walk that we're in as believers in Jesus Christ that for that walk to be victorious for us to have victory in that walk we have to have a revelation we have to understand and know have a knowledge of the fact that we are in a constant spiritual war that there are evil forces there are demons there are fallen angels who are out to do us harm and to keep us as he said from the purposes and from the vision that God has in our life. And Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was very aware of that spiritual warfare. If you remember, when Jesus started his ministry and, and was baptized by John, right after that, he went into the desert for 40 days. And what happened? There was spiritual warfare going on in, those, in that 40 days. And at the very end, Satan himself, not an angel, not an envoy, not someone who was an ambassador of Satan, but Satan himself came to Jesus and tempted him three times. Of course, that was not a battle whatsoever, but he tried to tempt him, and and warfare was going on with Jesus. And then at the end of the ministry of Jesus here on earth, even in the garden, there was spiritual warfare going on. And then on the cross, look at that cross. The warfare was won for us on that cross right over there. We sang it just a while ago. So this is a fact of life when the cross on Calvary was the final blow to Satan. Now, most Christians today don't have a clue about this. We go on in our daily lives and our daily walk, and we go on and everything's fine. We have a grin on our face, and we just kind of go along like, like happy sheepdog until we run into a wall, and then we call on the Lord. We're not aware on an ongoing basis that this warfare is going on all the time, that we are born into. Now, listen to me. We are born into a battlefield And you see, that's exactly where your adversary, Satan or the devil, wants you to stay. He wants you unaware. He wants you walking around completely susceptible to surprise attack. To Really, he can do whatever he wants to with you if you're unaware. He can blindside you every time you turn around. Ignorant of his plans. Ignorant that you're a target. And he wants to lead you as a lamb into slaughter because you're totally unaware of what's going on. Without even putting up a fight as we've been learning on Wednesday nights for the last 10 or 11 weeks, we often open up the door and let him into our house as you would open the door to a thief on the front door of your home where you live and you would go to sleep as that thief robbed you of all good things in your life, robbed you of life, robbed you of all your possessions. And we open a crack in that door. Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes but to... Steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life, and life to its fullest, life abundant. That's what Jesus said himself. Now listen, church. It's time that we wake up, see the reality of the battlefield that we live in, that we learn about the, imp, about the enemy, about our adversary, about that lion who's prowling around trying to get us, okay? Now, the purpose of this series, I'm starting and I'm building a basis here today, so it'd be kind of a classroom-type atmosphere because I want to build on this and get into characters and get into stories and things that you can latch on more, but you've got to have some, some basis here. This is like a basic training today in this warfare, okay? But I want you to understand something, that the purpose of what I'm telling you today isn't to frighten you, isn't to get you so paranoid, are you with me, so paranoid that you blame everything on the devil, Okay, we're very quick to blame everything on the devil. Let me let me have let me give y'all a little clue here. If you do not service the transmission on your car, it will eventually go out. If you do not take care of your house or whatever, it will eventually break on you, okay? If as I said last week, if you go out 24 years on a railroad, you put your head on a railroad track, you will get run over. Don't blame that one on the devil. Okay? So, so don't, get, don't get paranoid here. And we just, you know, we, we go around and, and we used, to, I remember seeing that years ago. Everything was the devil's fault. And June and I would talk. We said, well, no, they're just not paying their bills. That's why they're having problems. Okay, y'all got this? So don't get paranoid. Don't get frightened. Just hang in there and, and, and we're going to go through this together. It's to equip you. I want to start today with what I call a profile of your enemy so that we can, as good soldiers, we can understand who our enemy is and and what he does and that there truly is a war that's going on. Now you're going to look up at the screens and you're going to be seeing the New International Version and I'm going to be reading in the New King James. I'm doing that on purpose because I want you to see the different meanings of particular words here, okay? So you're going to be looking at one translation I'm going to be reading from another. Revelation... Chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 7. Now listen carefully. This is John, the Apostle John, and he is, he, is, he is writing his revelation from heaven. Verse 7, and war broke out in heaven. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. Of course, symbolic of the devil himself, okay? Fought with the the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. The devil is a fallen angel. A created being. Not a God as I was sharing earlier today before the service. Not a God. The devil is not an evil counterpart of God. He is not as powerful as God. He's not omnipotent, omniscient or omnipresent. He's not, he's not all-knowing, all-powerful and all-present. He's, he's not those things. He is a created being, an angel who fell and took many, many angels with him. Okay, so, and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, was cast out, hurled out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan. The word devil there is diablos, diablos. It means the deceiver. The one who accuses and deceives at all times. Diablos is the one, and also the word literally means to to cast. Not to cast out, but to cast in between. So he is standing all the time trying to accuse us before the Father in heaven. He casts himself between. And he is Diablos, the devil. And Satan, it says here right after that, that word there is S-A-T-A-N-A-S, Satanus. Okay? But that word means a little bit different. That word means the adversary, someone who opposes what you are doing. Now, the first word there, devil, diablos, is the word in John chapter 6 that Jesus used for who, who, who came against Jesus and, and, and turned Jesus in and all? Judas. So that word in John 6, verse 10, is diablos. He called Judas that. However, when he was talking to Peter, remember, he said, Satan, get thee behind me. Okay? He wasn't saying Diablos when he he said that to Peter. He was saying Santanus, the opposer, because he was saying, Peter, you're trying to oppose God's plan for redemption, and you're trying to stop that. You're trying to be the opposition to that. Okay, so two different words. Who deceives the whole world. He was cast. He was hurled to the earth and His angels were hurled out with Him. They were cast out. I wanted you to see this translation because I like that because actually when you say cast out, that word translated does mean Hurled, it means that God took the created being. It means that the, these, these demons, that we, t- we tend to put them on the level with God that they're, they're that powerful. Yes, they are. They are powerful. And yes, we have to be serious about them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to un- underplay that. But God hurled them down. Can, can you have a mental picture of that? He took them and he just hurled them down. And then John says, then I heard a voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser, you see that word again, of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been hurled down, cast down. And they overcame him, how? By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, when I I thought and saw the blood of the Lamb, I thought about the cross. You can can look over there on the cross. The powerful work of Calvary. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of earth. Now, here's where we get involved. Hold on. Listen to this. Woe to the inhabitants of earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted, NIV says persuaded, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child, the church, okay, he persecuted, but the woman... Was given two wings of a great eagle, and she might fly in the wilderness to a place where she is nourished for a time and time and a half a time for the presence of the, from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of its mouth. I'm not going to go there. There's a whole teaching of Revelation. And the dragon was what? What, is, what does the NIV say? Enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ, was enraged with the woman and went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Raise your hand. Say, that's me. We have an adversary. We have a diablos, a deceiver, an accuser. We have a Satan. We have an opposer, someone who is always opposing everything that we do. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to kind of give you a little information about who your enemy really is. Now, we're going to go into 6 more next week and talk about the armor and all that kind of stuff, but I just want to read one scripture in Ephesians 6, verse 12. Listen carefully to me. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 10, and you just, you'll see verse 12 up here. Listen, listen, to what, listen to what the Apostle Paul said. He said, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Schemes. Now listen. Here's what I want you to get for today. For our struggle... Is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Satan is not alone, my friends. He has a military structure, just like our Army and Air Force and Marines. And just are like, I mean, it, it, the structure is, is layered and it's organized. And he copied, he's a, a thief and an imitator. He copied the structure of heaven and of God's structure. And his generals, his colonels, his lieutenants, and his sergeants and his privates are dedicated to his cause. To his war against God, if you would, and to God's kingdom soldiers. And that's us, kingdom soldiers. So to destroy God's vision and purpose and joy and life and eternal destiny for me and for you, he wages war. But listen, let me give you a little, let me give you a little theology here from a little Bible college thing. This war was going on, and this all happened way before me and you. He rebelled against our God before he went to war with us. He hated our God before he hated us. And he hates us, and he's after us because we are God's soldiers. We are God's children. John 1, for all. All who believe in him and call on his name have the right to be called what? Children, Children, sons and daughters of God. And so he hates God. He has rebelled against God. And so he's after us. So don't put yourself too much up on a pedestal like you think you're so important. That devil is always after just you. He's after you because he hates your father in heaven. And he wants us to die and to not succeed because he hates our father in heaven. Okay, and that was way before we got involved. How many of you remember in Genesis chapter three? It says a what? A serpent came to deceive Adam and Eve. To deceive. You, you remember the definition? To deceive and to accuse God and say, surely He didn't mean that. You would be as God if you tasted from this tree. You see. You see how He works. Okay, right off the bat, but he came as a serpent. That tells me he was pre-existing before that time, okay? Now, ever since that time, that original sin, y'all know the expression, it's on, it's been on. We've been at it ever since that time, it's on. Say it with me, it's on. (laughs) that's it brother it's on (laughs) you're right it's on right and we are born into that battleground but we have victory at the cross all right now let's go over his army I want you to understand this we're just going to go through quickly these words that we've just described here first of all rulers rulers it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers in the king james and new king james that word is principalities so rulers principalities that word is arche it means a dominion chief to rule okay these are chief demons like archangels in heaven if you would like five star generals in our army okay these are evil generals that rule over Corporate areas of souls, okay? Ephesians two one through three, trying to get us into disobedience. Now listen carefully. They rule over continents and nations. It's a, they have a structure, and they rule. They have they have dominion over over continents and nations. In in Daniel chapter ten, I don't know if if, if you have you Bible students here not remember, but in verse twelve through thirteen. Uh, as as this this Jesus figure had appeared to Daniel in his dream, he came to Daniel and he told Daniel the prophet. He said, "The principal the principality or the head of Persia Persia has hindered my arrival here, David for I mean Daniel for 21 days for three weeks, and he said I got Michael the archangel to come and to help me in that battle with." this archangel or archdevil of Persia. let me ask you something, church. Have y'all ever noticed that certain nations or societies... I like to watch patterns. Have you noticed that certain nations or societies seem to have a prevailing spirit over them? Have you noticed that? There's a prevail. It's not just nations. It's towns, too. I tell June that all the time. You go in certain towns, like you can kind of feel it, man. It's like, ooh, we're creepy here. We, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a prevailing spirit over certain territories. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about right here. And certain nations have the, a prevailing spirit that comes and wants to cause havoc and wants to call, pain, cause pain to all of the people. Let me give you an example. The country Haiti. Think about Haiti. We have close friends, two, two different uh, missionaries that we knew who, who were there in Haiti, spent years there in Haiti, okay? And they will tell you, they will look you in the eyes and tell you there is a prevailing spirit of voodoo and witchcraft over that nation. And because of that, look at the havoc that those poor people in that nation are reaping. You see, that's these arches here that we're talking about. That's these principalities, these rulers of these principalities that are having victory over that area right there. How about, we're talking about Persia here where... where Where Daniel was told for 21 days, the prince of Persia, this this force, this evil demon of Persia was fighting. And Michael, the archangel, had to go and fight with him. So I could come to you, Daniel. Persia. You know where Persia is today, guys? Do you know? Iran. Iran is modern day Persia. And look at the prevailing spirit over Iran today. Now, I know this isn't very politically correct to say, and if they come arrest me, Do y'all come visit me in jail. Uh, but, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. There is a murderous spirit of bondage and murder and control and in Iran today. Are you aware of that? And that's because of this that's going on, because that ruler is there. Now, let me give you some good news here. The good news is that, that they're all subject to Jesus Christ. They're all subject to Jesus Christ. Let me read Ephesians 1, 20 through 23 to you. I don't know if that's going to be up on the board or not, but I can read it quickly. Ephesians 1, 20 to 23. Listen, listen to this. This is the good news, if I can get to the right chapter. There we go. Listen. I'm going to start in verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope in which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power, power, For us who believe, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms, far above, listen to these words, far above all rule, all authority. All power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The good news, they're all subject to Jesus Christ, our Lord. The same words that we just studied. He is is over them all and put his foot on them. Let me give you some more good news. Listen to me, church. Here's some more good news about spiritual warfare. They're subject to me and you also. They're subject to me and you also. I'd be pretty happy about that. They're subject to me and you also. Come on, we don't have to put up with that stuff. They are subject to us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 and God raised us up, listen to this raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. What we just read applies exactly to us who are in Christ Jesus. What do you mean? in Christ Jesus. What, I got to I gotta move somewhere? I got to do something? No, 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 no. Jesus, when you're in Christ Jesus, it means that He is your Lord and Savior. It means that you have said, Lord, I give up, and you, you're in charge now, Lord God. Forgive me for my sins. You hung on that cross for my sins, and now I'm your child and I, and, and Lord, and then you are in Christ Jesus. It's that simple. There's nothing. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to know Scripture even. You don't have to do You just have to open your heart up to Jesus Christ, and you're in Christ Jesus and you are raised positionally with him into the heavenlies and they are subject to you now always remember in his power and might in his name the name above all names not yours next next one in the army next level in our enemy's army authorities see right there authorities those in the King James are called powers That word means exousia, okay? Delegated authority, power to govern is what it means. These are evil lieutenants compensating for Satan's limitations. Like I said earlier, he is not omnipotent. He is not omniscient or omnipresent. And they go out and they gather information and they influence things. They dream up uh, they they rake up schemes and they encourage sin and they're ruthless okay now their territory listen to me their territory is usually seats of national government capitals is normally what this word right here means okay and our enemy understands the power that a capital in a nation holds okay now what's our national capital y'all don't know where our capital is Washington, D.C., right? Do you know that one of the highest crime rates and murder rates in the nation is in Washington, D.C.? Did y'all know that? It is. One of the highest in the nation in our capital... I've had people who've gone to Washington, D.C. They love looking at it. I'd love to go myself and see Abraham Lincoln. He's one of my heroes. I would love to, you know, the statue. I'd love to go to the Smithsonian Institute. But I've had many people come back and tell me, went to Washington, D.C. But there was this this darkness, this this thing hanging over it, okay? That's because you've got some authorities of the devil who are trying to keep that capital. You want to know why? Because that's where all our governing rules come from. Are you with me? And if that government can change things enough in this nation, just even ever so slowly. Did you know that three generations is all it takes to change an entire society? Three generations. The first generation you kind of mentioned a little bit. The second one you kind of press it a little bit more. The third one you press it a little bit more. Let me give you all some examples. Guns are an evil thing. They are evil. They're they're bad. Guns are the reason that there's so much crime. Guns are the reason. It's not because our families have fallen apart. It's not because Christ is not in in the home. It's not because he's not preached and and salvation and the cross preached and you can't pray in school. It's those guns. Take those guns away and all. Three generations from now and people will believe that people kill people. Let me give you another example here. Just just another example. Three generations. It's 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 real real simple. Listen. I'm 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 sinning but I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not hurting anyone, so it's not, you know, it's it's okay because I'm I'm not hurting anybody. That's okay. How about this one right here? You know, I think that we should let the government do that because the government really does know what's best. Three generations, guys, you're laughing. But three, it's already here. But three generations, and you have a mindset that's changed. You have a whole paradigm that has shifted in the third generation. I'm telling you. And that's what these uh, uh, rulers are trying to do. Next one on his army level is powers of this dark world. The King James calls it rulers of darkness in this world. Cosmorator is how I, I, I might be pronouncing it right. Okay. Their assignment is as rulers... To, 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 to go and try to influence the courts and the judges and, and, and to bring false religion and, and false humanistic philosophy into the world, okay? And their decision-making power affects every aspect of our life. Their assignment is the Supreme Court's, and, and I'm breaking this down. There's nowhere that says that. I'm breaking it down in the level so that you can understand it how it applies in our lives. Uh, Things like the, the Federal Reserve, the head of the Federal Reserve. How about religious leaders who can change doctrine, change how people believe, and then you have a whole mindset of millions of people that have been changed. Let me give you an example. Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. How can an entire nation buy into that? Buy into that we have to exterminate the Jewish people, and they just not just the Jewish people, they were there were many, many Catholics and priests and nuns too. They were it wasn't just the Jews. Okay? But how can an entire nation buy into that and hate Jews? They just hate Jews and, and let's look at radical Muslims today, just hate Christians. And, and hate Americans. Where does that come from? It comes from those who are over that territory and who are constantly whispering into the soulish realm. And your mind, will, and emotions saying they're this, they're that. And, and before you know it, that hate has built up. It's, it's amazing that I stand before you as your pastor. And remember a time when I had an album... This was a long time ago, way before I I gave my life to the Lord Jesus. And I had an album of a great, great guitar, blues guitarist named David Bromberg. And I was so highly influenced. So highly influenced by a mindset that hated Jews that I took a little piece of white paper and taped it over Bromberg. Me. Me. And I've asked God to forgive me for that many, many, many times. Of course, after I got saved, I took that paper off of that album and said, I can't believe that I was controlled by hate for someone I don't even know, and I listened to his music. And today, June and I personally, we personally, not only does your church send money to two Jewish organizations, but we personally send money to two Jewish organizations And we believe that Israel is the apple of God's eye. And we better not take our hand off of the nation of Israel. And we also have a personal friend, Rabbi Ron Aronson, who's preached here at this church, who is a personal friend of mine. But isn't that amazing how over a period of time, if you listen, you can develop something in your heart. It's just amazing. Let's look at the, at the next group of these people, okay? Of the, of the enemy. Spiritual forces of evil, it says, in heavenly realms. In King James, and New King James, spiritual wickedness in high places. Two words that describe what they are in, in the Greek. Pneumatiskos and panoria, which means spiritually malicious. This word panoria is where we get our word pornography from, Okay? And fornication comes through that, that word. It's a derivative of that word, that wickedness. These are unclean spirits that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Listen to this word. Do you know what the word Beelzebub means? You do? It means Lord of the Flies. Isn't that cute? Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. Abaddon, Apollyon, Destroyer, Demon. You know what the word Demon means? tormentor of the mind did you know that demon means tormentor of the mind these are lower level spirits that give frontal attack deceptive attack in our soulish realm what's our soulish realm our mind our will and our emotions we have an earth tent our body we have a spirit man and then we have a soulless realm, which is our mind, will, and our emotions. And that's what they attack. And they're whispering to you all the time in your soulish realm. And they appeal to your carnal nature, to your pride, to your greed, to your selfishness. These are the ones we deal with most of the time that are there trying to convince you that it's okay to do that. That that wouldn't offend your wife. That that wouldn't hurt you. It wouldn't let the church down. It wouldn't do anything. They're there trying to get you to quit. They're whispering in your mind. To change your will. To get you mad. In the carnal, in the flesh. So that we're fighting in the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh... Our weapons are not according to the flesh but are mighty in God. That's why I'm trying to get you, church, to memorize Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Please put it on your icebox. Put it on your mirror. For years I've been trying to get you to memorize that. But he wants us in the flesh so that we can war according to the flesh so that we can lose. You cannot win in the flesh. When you jump into the soulish realm, you have lost Immediately, automatically, I've shared with you many times, it's like stepping into the ring, if you think you're tough, with Muhammad Ali when he was at his prime, you will get whipped, do not fight his fight, fight him in the spirit realm, in the spirit realm, because of the blood of Jesus Get away from me. I have full authority here, and I take control of every thought to Christ Jesus, and you got to get away from here because I have victory in my life, and I'm a child of God, and he who lives in me is stronger than he who lives in the world. See, that's the word of God I'm preaching to you right now. And so you can have victory in your life. See, the the, the war is, is going on all the time, and it's up to us how we handle these layers here. Now, quickly, I want to go over, we have enough time to go over a few of these aspects of his strategy. What is his strategy? Now, we're going to come back for three more weeks. You're going to hear our strategy. You're going to hear where we're coming from. And you're going to hear some character stories and everything. So hang in there. Now, now listen. His strategy, so that you can understand your enemy, so a profile of your enemy. He wants to undermine the character and the credibility of God. He wants to undermine the character and credibility of God, just as in Genesis 3, to distort our view of God from the Bible to what we think is correct, what, the way we think. In, in other words, Eve, you, you think it's okay. You know, Eve, you can do this because surely you want... And, that's, and, she, and she bit. She went, I mean, no pun intended. She, she, she grabbed it all, okay? And Adam followed right behind Surely you will not die, for God knows when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. You see, this is the basis of secular humanism. This is the basis when people decide that there is no trinity. And people decide that God lives in trees and cows and chairs and everything. So let's all get around in a circle. We'll light a fire. Kumbaya and we'll worship the fire. I'm telling you. That's where this comes from. That's the basis of that stuff. Okay? Okay? is to undermining the character and the credibility of God. You know, when, when we start doing like stuff like, okay, God's okay with this because he sees my heart. It's Like I said before, it's, it's not hurting anyone, and he sees my heart. L- listen to me, church. He, he, he does see your heart. But do you see his heart? How you're grieving his heart? It's time to stop just thinking about our heart and start thinking about his heart. Secondly, his strategy, the enemy's strategy, is to undermine your victory by generating havoc in your life. Now, I'm sure it's just me and June who have havoc in our lives. (laughs) Havoc, confusion, discouragement, attack from places you would never think The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Have you ever had someone steal something from you in your home? Raise your hand if if you have. How does that leave you? It took me weeks and weeks and weeks to get over that. It created something within me, this fear of, my goodness, someone came to our home and stole something. It left me feeling like, like, yes, yes, so frightened and so like, what am I going to do to protect my family? Okay? Okay? And this was just a couple of times where someone stole Caleb's bicycles. If you've had someone break into your home and steal, it's even worse. Okay? And he wants to come and create that kind of fear and that havoc and that vacuum in your life. Next, he wants to cause doctrinal confusion and falsehood. Ephesians four. 14 let me let me read that to you but I, th- I think that's worthy to read right here Ephesians four and I'll just read it to you quickly verse 13 through 16 listen to this I'll we'll start actually eleven <clears throat> yeah because it's all blended in there. It was he who gave some apostles, some prophets, evangelists, of course, a fivefold ministry, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Poor, oh, that's one sentence, Paul. Now listen to this. Then, 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 when we have reached this fullness, we will no longer be infants. Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of doctrine or teaching. Every wind of doctrine. And by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Are you catching this? Every wind of doctrine. The devil wants your enemy wants to come and cause doctrinal confusion and falsehood so that you can be grabbed by every crazy Dog and pony show that comes along down the street and you go off. And June and I have seen this many, many times. We say, oh, there they go again. By we will see you in a couple of years when you, when you fall, when you, when you come back, when you hit the brick wall, you'll come back. And you go off with every wind of doctrine. This is a religious spirit, church. Listen to me carefully. My first pastor always taught me that there is no stinkier spirit than a religious spirit. Because a religious spirit walks around with a little haughtiness, acting as though it knows, as though I have privy knowledge, and I have three sheepskins and two goatskins, <laughs> and I mean, and I know, and I know way more scripture than you do, believing that I am right and the whole world is wrong, and I have an ammunition bag next to me. Filled with legalism. And before you know it. You hop in and skip into a set of rules. And that religious spirit has controlled you. And it's stinky because people think that it's good. And it disguises itself as good. Next. Your enemy is coming to cause division among God's people. Division here in the church. Division between families. Division where we are split. You see, divided we fall. United we stand. That's scriptural. If he can come into a home and split that home where it's divided, it won't stand. But together as the body of Christ, we can stand in unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. All things we can suffer through together and make it through. And then lastly, he's trying to get you to trust in your own strength and your own resources. I'm sorry, that's not lastly. He's trying to get you to trust in your strength and your resources. How many of you have forged ahead in your own strength in your life and failed because you did it my way? Remember that old commercial? I did it my way. Remember that? (laughs) I did it my way. Remember that? Remember that song? It's a song, not a commercial. I, I did it my way, okay? Well, you, your way, you're in trouble. Because you're going to hit that wall every time. Next, he tries to lead believers into worldliness. 1 John 2, 15. Do not love the world nor the things of the world. Okay, do you know today, we, I meet every Wednesday. Y'all know that with pastors every Wednesday. With my buddies from a million parish. Listen to me. We were talking about this this week. Do you know that it's 50 50 right now? It's a float, it's a washout, that the world has influenced the church as much as the church has influenced the world? I'm just being honest here. I'm not trying to gripe. I'm just telling you the truth. And I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking the church in general, the body of Christ. The world has as much control over the church as the church over the world. It's even. It's 50-50. All the rates of everything are exactly the same, in the church and out of the church. Where's influence? He wants to lead us into worldliness. He wants to to lead believers into spiritual hypocrisy. Now, Hebrews 4.12. No, let me talk about the hypocrisy first. That's my scripture for the, the last one. He wants to lead us into, into spiritual hypocrisy. You know what that means? Listen to me carefully. Where's your Sunday morning Christian in your Monday morning job? Are, are y'all catching this? Are y'all looking at me? Get the keys, Jim. That Y'all looking at me kind of rough here. Where is your Sunday morning Christian in your Monday morning office or job or whatever? Okay. He wants us to look like hypocrites to the world. And then lastly, he wants to encourage you to disobey God's word. And he wants you to not pray ever again. He wants you to not know this, and he wants you to never pray again. You say, well, man, you gave us a pretty good teaching. I wanted wanted y'all to understand your enemy. But now I want to start out the next section of this message next week. And I want y'all to hear what Jesus said. I'd like for y'all to just stand over here. That's Brother Dwayne. I I didn't know he was there. Look, I want y'all to stand and look at this cross. Look look at this. I mean, you don't have to stand, but look, look at this cross, okay? And I want you to hear what Jesus said. You say, man, you just described a pretty powerful enemy there. He's, Lord, you scared me, Brother Marshall. Listen, listen to this. And then the 70 disciples returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, remember we read in Revelations? They were hurled. God took them. Can you imagine the mighty hand of God? And he hurled them down. He said, you little no good! I created you. And he threw them. And Jesus says right after they said even the demons are subject to us. Woo, whippy, In your name. And he said to them listen, can you imagine the might when Jesus said this? He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Man if I could have been there to see that. See Jesus look at him and say, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, behold, he's talking to you and me. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Everybody says, that's when we were joking this morning with some visitors about snakes in the and all that. Th- these are symbolic, like we learned in the last few weeks with Brother uh, Pastor Robert Morris. These are symbolic of demons and devils. I give you authority to trample on them, those demons and devils, and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I give you authority over all of those categories that I just shared with you. I give you authority over every one of those little pestering demons who wanna come and tell you it's okay to do that. I give you authority over every one of those ones that wanna come and tell you you'll never make it and you're not worth it and it's never gonna happen and they'll never come to Jesus Christ. I give you authority over every one of them who wants to come and tell you you're not worthy. Everybody else is okay, but you sin to that unforgivable sin. I give you authority over every one of those little lying demons who want to come and tell you, you made that happen in your life. You deserved it because you made it happen. I give you authority over all of that attack on those things, even those choices that you have been making. You don't have to do them anymore. You don't have to make them anymore. And I give you that authority because of that cross. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Stand on your feet. Come on. Stand on your feet. Come on. Who's tired of living defeated? Who's tired of living a defeated, downcast life where every time you turn around, you're having to pick yourself back up again? Who's tired of living like there's no hope and there's no encouragement and joy in your life? Come on. Who's tired of it? I know I am. And we have victory in Jesus Christ because He said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can trample on those little scheming things. You can trample on those little devils, those little bitty things. They are created beings. And you can trample on them. And you can say, I am a child of God. And the Word of God says, and I walk in victory. And I speak in victory. And I'm going to say something to you now, devil. Listen to me. Jesus. 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 Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Come on, church.